sure that the product is going to be fit for consumption, how to label it. So at the end of the day, the market is going to be huge. It's going to be a question of what standards are adopted and how they're actually policed. So we're hoping to be in the forefront. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on the Raising Cannabis Capital Podcast, we are joined by Robert Karp from Compliance Reliance Incorporated. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. <laughs> well, Bob's resume is... <laughs> Yeah, this is really impressive. So much so that I have to read it because we could be here all day. But just a brief skim through it. You're a Harvard-educated attorney, which is rare for the cannabis industry. So thank you for coming over. You've spent the last 10 years in the cannabis industry. Not only are you a lawyer, but you're also considered an expert in cannabis tax law or in cannabis tax issues. And then in his spare time, he's written eight cannabis books. <laughs> I mean, Bob, really a busy guy. I've known Bob for a while. You've been a regular speaker at a lot of our shows. And in fact, you were on a panel at our show in New York at our C- the CWCB Expo in New York a couple weeks ago. And the title of the, of the panel was Compliance Issues for Cannabis Licensees. How to Remove All Fear of Regulators. I think that's a great place for us to start today. Can you give us a, an overview of some of the compliance issues that cannabis companies have to deal with? Sure. One of the things that we've seen start to happen, a lot of the states are now very, very serious about lab testing. Many states require you to have cannabis tested before you release it to the public. What some people were doing are shopping around the the actual testing results because certain labs use different instruments with different tolerances. So something might say, okay, you're within the federal limits for pesticides, while others might say you're just outside which could mean the difference between destroying a whole crop or putting it out for public consumption. That's one of the issues. Another is with recreational, there was a big issue in Denver where something called looping, where people would come into the same dispensary multiple times when it's actually forbidden by state law because they're tourists and they just want to stock up. Well, one chain of 26 dispensaries got caught and closed and some of the principals actually got jail sentences. Use your imagination on what 26 running dispensaries would be worth at the height of the market. So that's a huge hit. Yeah. Compliance for a lot of people is just mysterious. What happens is the regulator will come in and say, okay, you're in violation of this, this, and this. You look at your operation, you think it's clean, well-run, efficient. What you don't realize is it does not necessarily conform to the state's regulatory framework, which is incumbent upon you to be responsible for. So I've written a book. And I explain compliance from start to finish to help people who are currently in the cannabis business, hopefully to raise their profile. It allows people to take an examination, become what's known as a certified compliance officer. The emphasis, obviously, in cannabis. Mm -hmm. We show you how to take the regulatory framework, no matter how difficult or how long it is, and break it into bite-sized chunks. So you can create checklists, create your own formulas for ensuring that the company either you're working for and or inspecting either as a private compliance officer or as a government compliance officer, falls once again within the correct regulatory framework tolerances 
for the different kinds of cannabis you're either growing, manufacturing, processing, or selling. Okay. That's the Certification Compliance Officer course? It's a Certified Compliance Officer course, correct. Okay. That's available right now, I think, on, I think I saw it, it on is, Amazon. It's available on Amazon, also on our website. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I see this as a huge market because essentially every organization should have someone in their organization who's certified. We're, hope, we're hoping it's not only become a huge market, it's a mandatory market. You look at the restaurant industry and there's something called ServSafe, where most employees are required to take this online course and pass it and obtain the certificate before they're allowed to work in restaurants or bars. Helps them understand how to ensure that food is served properly, heated properly, stored properly. We're hoping to gain the same kind of traction with cannabis, that people understand dosage, that how the data that is required is captured, how to ensure that the product is going to be fit for consumption, how to label it. So at the end of the day, the market is going to be huge. It's going to be a question of what standards are adopted and how they're actually policed. Okay. So we're hoping to be in the forefront of that. Oh, yeah. You seem like you're a first mover in, in this space. Let's jump ahead to really do everything that you need to do and to get the word out. Because really, again, this is somewhat of a land grab. You're going to need to get this out quickly. You're raising Correct. money. So tell us how much you're raising and what you're going to use the proceeds for. Sure. We're looking to raise $2 million. Not a large raise, but the beauty of it is this is already already a very cash-positive business. I've moved all the intellectual assets into Compliance Reliance, which includes all the revenue from the books, all the different applications I write, all the different consulting. At the end of the day, the margins are tremendous. The money is only going to be used for advertising. It's not like you're buying into an idea or buying into a dream. It's a proven concept. The Mm -hmm. books sell very well. The books are very high margin. Half the books I sell cost $495 retail. Holy cow. We publish everything myself. Most things cost anywhere from 15 to 20 per book. So the margins are enormous. Two of the books lead the categories on Amazon. The books obviously generate income, but we're breaking the books down into components. For example, I've written a book on legal forms for the cannabis business. So instead of buying the whole book, you'll just be able to buy a single form, kind of the rocket lawyer. Wow, that'll be helpful. Yeah. So there's multiple sources of revenue going into it. We're already running. We're already moving. This will just expedite, hopefully, the whole effort. Oh, yeah. One way or the other, we can do it organically if we need to. But this would be the fastest way to get, hopefully, a public offering off the ground. Just go back on public offering. Tell us just a little bit more about that. I'm from the Internet age. I'm not a youngster. I'm kind of the gray here in this business. During the Internet age, obviously, there was tremendous amounts of public offerings. I was in a number of them. one point, I was High Tech Entrepreneur of the Year for a business my brother and I started. So the public offering is not something I'm unfamiliar with. As a matter of fact, the offering is already written. It's actually in my legal guides book. So it's not like we need to spend $8 million on lawyers doing a public offering. I know how to do it. I've already completed all the paperwork. What we're going to be doing is what's known as a Reg A Tier 2. Reg A is something that came up in a fairly new bill several years ago. It makes going public a lot easier. It allows you to essentially test the waters, also allows you to raise up to $50 million per year. 
So that is the avenue we're choosing, and we're hoping to get listed. Probably start off on one of the bulletin boards and work our way up to the -the over-the-counter. So you're raising the money, the $2 million, to get the message out through the land grab, so to speak, but preparing for the public offerings. A lot of moving parts, but it's like you said, the, the foundation is built, infrastructure is there, it's already generating revenue, profits, which is very rare. (laughs) <laughs> I got to tell you, in this, we don't have a lot of guests on our show who are making profits. So that's great. I, I don't think this project will be available for very long. I have all of Bob Karp's contact information on the MJ Bulls website. We'll have all of his investor information if anybody is interested. Great. Dan, I can't thank you enough for having me. Oh, you did great. This is a fun interview. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout Podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.